You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sasson Securities in Johannesburg. David, last week I was incapacitated, so we didn't speak at all. But of course, I have to watch the markets. And there was, you know, days when the S&P might be down 2.5%, and, uh, and then the next couple of days, rallies uh, a, a total of 4% yeah. or something. It's been yeah. all over the place. What's been happening? Yeah. Lindsay, I think you're getting to a point, and I'm, I, I, I'm trying to get this, get my head around it. But I think you're, you're starting to get to a point of, say, exhaustion with the pessimism. I mean, that sounds odd. But what happens, people start to get bored of being negative. Yes. So they don't want to sell anymore. You know, they short, they stay short. They want to change a direction. Now, you can't explain it because there's no good news that has come out. There's nothing, there's nothing changed on the data front. But I think you get a, a point where people say, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to take my profits, maybe shift. And you've seen it in the number of short positions reducing uh, in fact, um, I had asked for a, you know, what what insurance would cost. I'll tell you because we had we had a we had a presentation in which um, certainly the institution wasn't over enthusiastic, still giving warnings. You know, valuations are still pretty high. They're not uh, they're not attractive enough, and just pointing out a lot of uh, bad news and saying, okay, well, what would it cost me to protect? In other words, take a put or whatever option. And funny enough, the costs actually coming down. It's not as expensive as it was or thought it was. So it also shows you that uh, I think people believe that the next leg is going to be up. What's going to trigger that? I'm not quite sure. It might be corporate results coming through. Uh, but I, t- I just think that it's, it's almost an exhaustion. So um, from, from that point of view, it is giving our market a bit of a lift. It's just giving it a pin, but, uh, uh, underpin. But there's certainly, if you look at views, and this is the important point, no one's getting wildly bullish about any turnaround, you know, that the no. Fed's going to capitulate and that the Fed's going to start reducing rates. I think there's still a view that this is going to – you know, rates will stay up. We might reach a peak in rates, but they're not going to come down. They'll stay up there for time, you know, for some time being. So I think that there's a pretty murky view of of next year. And, uh, you know, it, uh, sorry, if, if I'm not explaining well, it doesn't mean it's going to collapse, but it's just going nowhere. You know, we're in, we're in, we're in mudland, you know, <laughs> kind of. David, yeah. just, since we last spoke, the S&P made a yeah. low of 3,502, the S&P yeah. futures. It's now 3,802. It's a 300-point yeah. yeah. rally. I mean, sometimes yeah. it would yeah. take the S&P, uh, you know, six to nine months to rally 300 points. Yeah. This is astonishing yeah. stuff. It is, and it's, it's great for us who have been in the market. It gives us a bit of relief. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're now looking beyond that and saying, okay, can it, can it build on it? You know, can it continue to keep going up? And, uh, you know, and, and, and look, today I'm looking at the NASDAQs down a bit. The S&Ps a little up. Uh, there's still a lot of concerns now about China. So you're getting, you're still getting very uncertain news gripping us. Uh, Rishi Sunak is probably slightly 
bullish news for what for what it might be worth. Yeah. Um, but the rand, which I was looking at earlier, I think on Friday we closed eighteen oh nine, eighteen thirty eight. So it's 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 very mixed, very tumultuous. It's not a it's not easy to look your way no to to get through this. I hope that the market continues to rise, you know, and continues to build on it. But I think you need one negative data point, and we'll we'll give back some. So, you know, I, I like the word murky because that's mm. where we are. It's, it's a good pretty word. murky. Yeah, you're mm. absolutely right. I've got the S and P um, when we started talking was up just over one percent. It's now up uh, 0.8 percent. Uh, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what has happened this afternoon. If it's a set of results, isn't Apple supposed to report today, or is it after the bell? I, th- I think this is. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not quite sure when they. You know, there's so many results that that uh, you know that are coming through, and they're going to be important results. I think dominating the news is certainly China. You know, and we've seen it in our market. I mean, uh, there's a lot of concern about that, and what that's the concern about what's happening there is coming through to America. What's America's policy towards China going to be? How is that going to affect the tech area? You know, we've seen what's happened to NASDAQ and to NASPERS, uh, sorry, NASPERS and Process today. Yeah. They've been absolutely pummeled. And there's, there's, there's worries that with Xi's policies now that there's not going to be any progress and that, that uh, China will be almost uninvestable. When I say uninvestable, there'd be pockets that you might want to go into, but certainly not what used to attract us into that area, the Maytuans and the and, and, and the Tencents and the Alibabas and the Baidus and the JD.coms, you know, all of those which we all rushed for and that is just just being sold off. Nobody I find, wants it. So, I, I find mm-hmm. the whole Chinese thing, David, sorry to interrupt, but because of uh, my COVID and not being able to breathe at night, I, I've been watching a lot of television, which is all you can do at uh, four o'clock in the morning. But I watched that Chinese Communist Party Congress, which they have every five years. And, and Xi, of course, has not only... He's rewritten the rules. In other words, he's rewritten yeah. the rules just like Putin rewrote the mm-hmm. Russian constitution. So you've got yeah. two very, very dangerous dictators there. And I yes. don't think people should mm-hmm. underestimate how dangerous no. Xi is now. He is all powerful, all conquering. And what he says goes. You can have as many politburos and sub-politburos as you want. But he is the one that says, we will be doing this. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Hang Sang today got absolutely slaughtered. And in fact, just to, to end my little speech here, I spoke to a fund manager in Hong Kong this morning, and um, she said to me that off air, she said that what had happened was there was a very big global fund that decided they wanted to get short of China. And they needed liquidity, so they targeted the Hang Seng. And she's also said there was a, quite a few, um, you know, in, from the, in terms of personal finance, home offices that decided they wanted to get out as well, given what had happened over the weekend, which they found, as you quite rightly said, quite sinister. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they did do. And it is sinister, David. And it's not just sinister yes. from yes. a market's point yes. of view, but from a geopolitical yes. point of view as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely no, and no question about that. It is, it's, it's a complete turnaround from where we were, and I have always been uh, very bullish on on China. You know, I'm talking a couple of years ago. Yeah, I I loved what we were seeing. I loved the companies. I liked the fact that uh, you know that that from the gaming side, you name it. And then once I started the clamp down, uh, clamp down last year. 
and you started to see the authoritarians coming in. I was a big Jack Ma fan. I loved what he did. You know, his attitude when he got up there and spoke, he did criticize the government. And, uh, you know, they took big uh, swipes at him and, and, and really nullified or neutered him. And, and, you know, from that time, we started to get very uncomfortable. Now you've got these superb companies, but they can't do anything without G's approval. You know, if, if it's gaming, there's going to be a clampdown on gaming. People can, you know, the kids can only play for so many hours a day if they can. And you're going to go back to a, a very authoritarian uh, um, um, administration, yes. which is not going to give you any leeway. Either. There's, there's no argument. This is all those people that he has appointed, all yes people, uh, and uh, whatever his will is, you know, that's uh, going to dictate markets and that. So why would you go into an area like this? Why would you take the risk? To, uh, exactly. Uh, you, yeah. you can't justify it because you don't know whether. No. I mean, you can analyze no. the company. You can say it does this, 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 and this. It makes this amount of money in these different geographies, and these are the products, and this is how much it's grown since inception. And then suddenly, with the swipe of a pen, the supreme leader, as, which is what you have to call him because that's yeah. what he is, yeah. just says, no, you can't do that anymore. And look at no. Naspers. No. There's no justification no. for Naspers being down no. 15% today no. and Process no. being down nearly 15%. It's no. extraordinary. Yeah. It's, you know what? I, if, if I look at a chart now, the last two years, I mean, has been the markets have just come off in both of those. And that started the clampdown. You know, that was from the point where um, the, the, the government started to put pressure on all the tech giants and that, not let them run away. If you would have bought NASPASS um, five years ago, you're actually down, I don't know, four or five percent per annum, per annum here. It's, it, that's how big the losses have been. Yes. I've been doing an exercise and because, uh, you know, I want to get out of it, to be honest. I'm not uh, – we got out of China. I did leave some exposure in local portfolios to NASPERS and PROS. PROSES we got out once the that deal was done, the switch was done, because we had to pay the capital gains tax, right. so we reduced our exposure. Because obviously with the gains that we had seen in NASPERS, you know, you were a little top-heavy, but we reduced it with that. Now we held on to NASPERS. So I went back and I've done the exercise. The problem, and I promise you, this is this is the whole story. I promise you there are still clients of mine, there are still um, uh, portfolios where there are four, five, six, seven, eight hundred percent up still. And that presents a massive problem because if you sell and you don't want it, you're going to have to pay you know huge amounts of capital gains tax. So you have to decide is it worth paying that capital gains tax? In other words, is the downside going to be justifiable or is this just going to be one of those shares that plods along nowhere? What does this so mean for the, the the asset management industry and the pension fund yeah. industry? Because they, they they can't just wake up in the morning and say, right, let's get yeah. out of these, these things, uh, gentlemen, ladies. Uh, let, let, let's get out. Because the, these are, by definition, long-term investments, investments yeah. a pension fund. It must It must be very, very meaningful for the industry yes. as a whole it it could be because if we if they start selling there's nobody to buy those shares mm. this thing can go to nothing you know if they do take that kind of view and i don't think there's anything 
to stop them. You know, they, they're not, they not uh, in the same position. Uh, funds are not in the same position as individuals. They don't have to pay the tax. So, um, you know, for them, it's not, there's no issue as far as that's concerned for pension and provident funds. But for individuals and trusts and, you know, other, um, yeah, you do have to pay the, you know, but, but the majority of the shares are held by pension funds and that. So yes. they decide, which I think would be the right decision. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think understanding the politics, not criticizing the business, not going at Pony Ma or Jack or whoever runs Alibaba today, you know, they're trying their hardest. But on, from a political point of view, I would say I don't want to be involved in that area anymore. You know, not, yes, you know, you can look at companies, luxury goods companies who are selling, you know, or, or some of the cosmetic businesses, you know, from a consumer point of view, they, yeah, they'll probably plod along and do well. But from the tech companies, I think I'd be very, very careful. But, Lindsay, if they start selling, that is the market. Yeah. Process and NASPERS market are South African, South African shareholders. You know, there's no global interest in NASPERS. There's no global interest in process. It's here. You know, the interest was, was generated from here. So if this starts to gather momentum, which I think it's doing at the moment, this could be very, very ugly. Yes, it could. If anyone needs exposure, they go through internationally. They go to Tencent. They're not really. They don't really care about no, all these other all these other delivery businesses. They don't care about that sort of thing. No. Without question, mm. you know. Without question, you're right. The only people who've been making markets, and I, I've I've got to uh, ask this question. So, if we look at the volumes today, yes. it'll give you some idea of what's happened. So, I haven't. We're still closed. You know, we still got some time to go before the close. But um, of the 14 billion that has traded on the market today, 32% today has been in NASPERS and Process, which comes to um, nearly 5 billion, 4.7 billion rand. So um, there's, there's huge activity there, which I would imagine um, are people getting out or, uh, you know, funds just uh, undervaluing or under, you know, going underweight in the stock. Um, it's it's a big story from our point of view. The rest of the market is steady, but I mean, this has been the major major thrust on our market. But let's see. I keep asking the question. Now, the other question I want to ask, and this is the this is this is a difficult. Has you know, I I I I know that the company has gone and switched, <laughs> sold out of Tencent and then bought it back via nice person process. You know, it's been an elaborate exercise. So what? You know, just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic is what you're saying. Exactly. So what? You know, no value has been added. (laughs) The company has fallen. When I look at this chart, it's 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 um, you know it's absolutely awful. I'll I'll get one up for you while we talk. And uh, please um, do. And while you while you do that, we have to talk about a couple of other things. Maybe you've got a couple of stories from. Last last week when I was away, but um, I think today we have to look at Discam, which is one of your favourite um, yes. stocks. A good defensive stock and a, a trading update that came out and it delighted the market. Uh, I think the share yes. price up just over six percent at the moment. Yeah. We'll come to that in a second. But what, what chart have you got? Tell me. So I'm looking at Naspers now. Mm. Okay, this is in rands. I'm not doing it in dollars. I mean, it'll look uglier in dollars if I do it. But if you would have bought it five years ago, and yeah. I like to look at five years ago, um, 
you're down 16%, which translates to 3.4% per annum. So and inflation, years, and sorry, inflation, I have to bring this in there. Exactly. So exactly, inflation exactly. Is, has been between what? Yeah. I don't know, 3 and 7% over that period. So yeah. these are really big losses, real, real losses. Yes. But 10 years, if you've held it, and this is where this is where we are finding the problem. If we've been in this for 10 years, which we have, yes. um, or certainly maybe not 10, maybe 8 or 9, we're up almost 400%. And so a 100 rand investor would give you 500 rand. And that's given you a return of over 17% per annum. But it's the last five years where all of those gains were made five years ago. You know, so you can imagine if we had a chop. Oh, what do you have to pay? Let's, let's say that somebody um, put in a million into Naspers process as a combined. Well, they, well, there wasn't process in those days, of course. Ten years ago, it was just Naspers. Let's just, uh, let's just say Naspers. If you'd have, if someone had said, "Here's a million, Mr. Shapiro," and he'd put he, that money into into Naspers, yes. five times his money. I mean, up until up until today. If he wanted to yes. sell today, how much would he have to pay? So, so you would pay, let's say, your if you put a million rand in and it's now worth five million rand, okay, mm. you would pay four million rand capital gains times 18%. Okay, so that's 720,000 rand. Okay, well. That's a lot. Uh, it is a lot. I mean, it's nearly it's, it's nearly yeah. 20% of your gain. In fact, it is 20% of yes, your gain. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So we have to decide now, and that's our conundrum. Can I make that gain up elsewhere? Is NASPERS going to give back another 20%? And if I put it into something else, will I be able to make that up? I, I think in normal markets, if things were starting to look better, the answer would be yes. But for the meantime now, it's, it's, it's as we say, and I'm going to repeat the word, it's pretty murky out there. It's difficult to make that decision. You know, it's very difficult. I must be honest. I have got, I've got uh, going through portfolios. There are quite a few people where there is a lost position. We did take our profits. You know, when when, when they switched for NASPES, they were you had to pay the capital gains tax. You had no choice. It was a deal in which, and uh, on that, in that uh, respect, we took our profits. We said, okay, we've paid the capital gains tax. Let's underweight or let's go low. You know, let's reduce our exposure. Now. Where I'm in a lost position, I'm out of here. I would rather go into the S&P. I would rather go into uh, the NASDAQ or anything else at these levels rather than hang around and wait for NASPA. So where we're in a lost position, I am going to start taking profits or not profits. I mean, I'm going to getting take out. funds and put themselves getting out. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't like the politics. I don't like what I see. I actually have this ugly, horrible feeling of an authoritarian nation where you can't protest, you know, and, and, and where um, they control human rights. In fact, they've got no respect for human rights at all. If you say anything wrong there, who knows where you're going to end up. Those kind of regimes scare me. Exactly. You've got the two, as I said earlier on. It's Putin. Um, uh, yes. You can't. Yes. There's no yes. opposition yes. party in in Russia, so Russia is a dictatorship. Uh, yeah. China is a dictatorship. It has been yeah. for a long time. I was looking at. Um, I was reading up a little bit about Tiananmen Square, 
and the thousands yeah. and thousands of people that were slaughtered, innocent people yeah. just protesting. protesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's getting to that point again, uh, yeah. David. You can't, yeah. there's nothing you can do. Yeah. There's nothing you can say. Yeah. There's yeah. no healthy debate yeah. between different parties. Yeah. It's, it's one, one man's yeah. word. It was one party's yeah. word, now it's one man's word. Yeah. And I find it very, very disturbing. No, anyway, let's have a quick look at South Africa and uh, go to Discam. Is this something that um, is a beacon of light on the JSC Securities Exchange? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's uh, look, it's a good company. And it's well placed. I think. I think that side of the market is is pretty defensive, and and I think translating that, looking at clicks, uh, when you looked at clicks results, which came out there, the beauty products did very very well, and that just highlights um, you know these businesses. Number one, uh, they sell the things that you cannot do without. You have to get prescriptions. You know, you have to buy medicines. And uh, over and above that, um, I think the beauty side is something also that adds another, you know, adds uh, another leg. So the, it, it, you have to eat food. So the grocers, you know, if it's a good grocer store or a good uh, uh, retailer, you do well. But I must say that both clicks and and uh, this game are very well placed. They're expensive. They're not cheap relative to the market. But uh, you know, you know, both of them, I think, very good businesses. And I think they um, clicks. I know, I know, there was a little bit of pressure on um, on on Discam for a memo that they sent out, which was just badly worded, which was just clumsy. You know, that's the best I can. Just, just, just a clumsy uh, memo that went out, all you know, referring to empowerment and so on. Yeah. Not negative. Not not negative from a political point of view. It was just uh, very poor PR. But they've overcome that. You know that's been overcome, and uh, the results are speaking for themselves. Jolly good, David. So one of the things uh, things that have kept me going over the last week or so has been uh, football. Yeah. It's been it's it's been it's been absolutely fantastic, but we must condense it down to this weekend. Arsenal were in the first fifteen minutes. I I've, yeah. I thought they were going to run away with it. I thought it was going to be four five nil yeah. away to Southampton. Yeah. The, the their fans were really really vocal, giving them lots of support. The Southampton fans went completely silent. It's not the most vociferous yeah. of crowds anyway. Yeah. But they went really, really quiet. And then Arsenal just faded away and let Southampton come yeah. back into it, which is not yeah. the sort of killer instinct that something uh, no. like a Pep Guardiola team would have, which, which no. made me a little bit nervous. Yeah. It, it, we saw the same thing against Leeds as well. If they don't score two or three goals, and it's happened before, you know, if they don't get those goals and go up two or three nil and kill the game off, they become very vulnerable. I think they get fatigued, they get tired. Um, remember, they played PSV on uh, on Thursday evening. Yeah. So I think the legs and the psychology they start to get a bit tired, and that was seen. And um, you know, funny enough, we saw it with. Liverpool the other evening as well, second half, just start to tire after some tough games, you know, just haven't got the same kind of momentum. And I, I think it's one of the drawbacks of of not having an extended squad, you know, not having um, two squads that, that you can you can play these alternative matches. So I think, our, you know, Liverpool have got the injuries. Spurs, the same thing, just faded. 
They look just terrible. Absolutely yeah. I, I, was, I, yeah. was, I was watching the analysis mm. of that on Match of the Day 2 mm. last night yeah. of, the, of the Spurs game. And they said, this is a team that recently has been second. It's still in the top four. It didn't feel yeah. like a top four team. It looked no. as though it was a sort of a mid-table team. They, they were just, I don't know, they just... They were, I don't know, yeah. they, they were tired. No, they, they, they were lacking ideas yeah. and Newcastle were fresh and full of energy. And you yeah. saw at the yeah. end those lunatic Newcastle fans lapping, uh, lapping up that performance and having fun. They all yeah. seemed very much together. And it's a new yeah. thing for them, yeah. of course, to be in the top four. Yeah. And Spurs, but they, they were rubbish. But they, you know, you're finding with the teams, I think there are a lot of teams now where they've got the dip. They've actually got very good, hard-working players. And the one thing I thought when Spurs went, uh, scored that goal, you know, um, early in the second half, mm. I thought that's it. You know, now you're going to get another. No, you can't. I thought uh, Newcastle would capitulate. Not at all. They just came back. And I mean, you looked at you looked at Liverpool. The same thing against Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, a team that's battling, struggling. Bottom I of mean, the table. Yeah. And they never gave up. They just, they knew they were on top. They could smell it. And they just played and played and played. And, and Liverpool looked awful. Just absolutely awful. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I think it's good. I'm not, I like it. I like that you can't forecast a result. You know, you, you cannot, you can't be arrogant. You just, I, you know, for me, that makes the matches so much more entertaining um, than they have been in previous seasons. Yeah, it was a perfect um, weekend for me because Ipswich won on Friday night in in front of the Sky Sports cameras. Um, Barcelona won four nil last night against Athletic Club Bilbao, and, that, and that's not <laughs> four nil. And that's not that's not that's not a bad team. Uh, Manchester City yeah. with Haaland. Oh, goodness me, that first yeah. goal he scored, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was it was almost like a Marvel Comics um, a film with him yeah. charging through. It was fantastic. And then all the other teams, Chelsea and Man United. That yeah. was a boring. boring Boring game. They drew. Arsenal oh. drew. So it's all been very, very satisfactory for me, David. And um, yeah. no, I know. Well, the last week was awful for you, so you mm. deserved a good week, as we do get. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I also had. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the weekend. I mean, uh, you know, yeah, even Arsenal. I, I had a premonition. I just felt like tired. You know, they were. I mean, and they were hammering PSV. They were absolute, and they couldn't score. And Heisu is just. You know, he's just not gone off the boil. He just can't get the ball in the back of the net. Mm. So I think, anyway, but uh, the worst thing, Lindsay, and this is this is filling me with dread, Go on. is that it's another one or two games and then we have World Cup. Oh, and no, no one knows what's going to happen when we come back. You know, that that's my big worry. A month's break. It's going to upset that whole pattern. You know, it's going to kill. You have to that start pattern. again. That's the whole thing, and that's why I think mm, it's. Exactly. it's just, I don't even want to watch the Qatar World Cup because I know the players won't be into it because they've got to go back to the, the, the their Premiership yeah. season. Indeed. I think it's going to yeah. be an, a complete disaster uh, yeah. on, on many levels. The, the the economy, they don't care about that, but um, socially and from a football perspective, I think it's going to be one of the worst World Cups, probably the worst since South Africa 2010. <laughs> we'll see. No, no. We're still going to watch. Of course, <laughs> we're still going to watch. Are you mad? <laughs> 
I'll shove my principles aside and watch every single game. Break. Mm. You know, every time there's one of these international breaks, I hate them because they always come back. They've got an injury here, then there. The chaps are tired. Anyway. Mm. David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities, and that was Shapiro Will. David will be back with me tomorrow for the 5 o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.